welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and really thrilled today to have with me Kristen Beasley, and we're going to call her Dr. B. So welcome. Hi, thank you. Glad well, to- I'm, I had reached out, you know, into the world of ACEs Connection, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with ACEs, it's Adverse Childhood Experiences. And there's this wonderful online community, which I think has over 30,000 members now. And um, just said, hey, is there there anyone out there who would want to come on air and talk about bullying and cyberbullying, particularly in regards to children and um, teenagers? And you reached out, and I'm so very grateful that you did. Yeah, I am so excited to talk about bullying, even though it's sort of a terrifying topic. Even though, um, and I think it's fascinating that uh, with so many people, I'm pretty much the only one who responded to wanting to talk about bullying. Yeah. I think speaks to how scary bullying is and how we um, become victims of bullying because we don't give people a lot of skills to front load their toolbox for dealing with bullying. So when somebody gets a little bit of power to, to bully, if we don't have a way to put that fire out immediately, man, they just build. It just builds. And that is true with littles all the way up to adults. I mean, watch adults bully people. And oh, this yeah. happens. You know, we go, we, we get locked into our head with, oh my gosh, what are they going to say about me? And then add the cyber bully piece where it becomes a public forum. Oh my gosh. People go silent very quickly. Everyone loves to post Martin Luther King's, you know, silence is just as bad as, uh, in, okay. I want I want to get the quote, right. Um, and I'm thinking of the wrong quote. <laughs> I know, but I know, I know which one you're saying in, about, you know, like, is it the saying nothing at all? Um, yeah, it's like just as nothing harmful. at all is like contributing to yeah the side. Yes, that's so true. Um, but yet we we aren't really taught how to respond to bullies. So right, I'll let you jump in. Yeah, for sure. And I know I, the reason that I reached out was I had a parents sitting at a basketball game, you know, lean over to me and said, Hey, Terry, do you have any podcast episodes on bullying, particularly in regards to teenagers, um, particularly in regards to teenage girls, but, um, you know, which again, you know, I think there's a different dynamic having both sons and daughters myself and just seeing the different dynamics of, um, what can go on Especially, oh, sure. oh my gosh, you get like a group text going on. Bad. Yes. Yeah. Shouldn't be allowed. No. Not no. Be allowed. Texting. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad. Yes. 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 Yeah. And well, that's true. And we could probably do 15 podcasts. <laughs> so let's start with adverse childhood experiences. So That's the connection group, which is amazing. And what we're striving for is resiliency, the ability to overcome adversity and move forward. 
And so ideally we build a world where people have this constitution of resiliency in their beings. Like that's our goal. We take a baby, we put them in an attached, loving, caring environment, and we raise them to have resiliency. We all face trauma, but the difference is some people recover from that adverse experience. Other people just succumb to it. Like they become, they get involved in addiction, alcoholism, drugs, abuse. They seek out unhealthy partnerships. I mean, we know all these things. So, okay. So that's the back, the back door. We want people, the best tool for bullying is to have a resilient constitution. Right. If we think resiliency as, okay, I, I'm always targeting with my children from little all the way to teenagers into adulthood, that I need them to have a resilient constitution. What do I need to do to do that? And the things we do are really just, I mean, they're just good human practices. We say, I love you out loud regularly. We teach them to respond to mean sayings or we teach them to, you know, if somebody says, people say to me all the time, like, what would you do if somebody said, you know, like, you're ugly and I hate your shoes. And I say, well, I would say, I wouldn't respond to the you're ugly and I hate your shoes. I'd say, oh my gosh, I wonder what's going on with you that you would want to comment on my looks and my shoes. Like, what's going on? Can we talk about that? Because I, I don't know how to respond to I'm ugly. Like that's, I don't know what to do with that. Or, you know, where we, we take that language, but we don't, have, have you ever been taught that? I, mean, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, but we don't teach. So, if, so what I want parents to really think about and schools to think about and is how do we start teaching kids to respond to comments and dialogue at school, other places that really puts the responsibility of being unkind on the person who's being unkind. Yes. Then hold back. Like that's where we have to build strong kids though. They have to have roots. They have to be able to be anchored because that is not easy because when somebody comes at you and then you respond like that and then three more people are like, yeah, I think you're ugly too. Then you go, "Mm, wow, I wonder what's going on on in all of your lives. Right. Right. It's not an easy thing to do, but but kids can do it and adults can do it. And it's, it, it brings up anxiety. So for all of us, you know, yeah. we'll get hit when somebody says or does something that's not very nice or we're not always going to agree though. It doesn't right. have to. What about also the idea of taking the power out of the bullies words and actions by, um, Uh, like compassion towards them. I know with our daughter two years ago in sixth grade was having an issue with someone taking her lunch. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so we started talking about this particular uh, individual who was harassing her during lunch and, you know, the steps that she could do to, um, 
um, diffuse it, I guess, if you will. Well, one, she made the choice. She came home and said, I decided to sit at another table. And I, I was like, oh, is that running away? You know, uh. but, you know, she did what she felt she needed to do and um, went and sat with a different group of friends. But we then started talking about, you know, just engaging this person um, and talking about, you know, what was going on and how it made her feel and, but not in a negative, you know, yeah. way, but just, just kind of honoring whatever was going on with this other kid. And yeah. sure enough, she stopped and she was apologetic and was like, I was sort of just joking around. Um, and now they're friends. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's hard to hate somebody that you know, you know, like it sounds so cliche, but the closer you get to somebody, you know, I, I was speaking at an event called uh, the roots of it, the roots of empathy. And the research around empathy is that if you, you neurobiologically aren't comfortable with differences, if you don't have experiences with differences. So another really important parenting strategy, help kids have lots of experiences with lots of different people from different religions, different sexual orientations, different cultures, different neighborhoods, like take people, take kids out and have them experience lots of different things because then they share an identity rather than just the identity that we share naturally, which is, oh, people who look like me. Like yeah. that's default. The default is if you look like me, I'm more empathetic, but I can change the default and we need to change the default too. Hey, you got to experience things that are out of your wheelhouse, out of your comfort zone. I went to Kenya this past July and the, as it got closer and closer, I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? I'm going to Kenya, you know, and that's kind of scary. And then I got to Kenya and I have a YouTube video about this. Like, I wasn't even scared. Like I wasn't even worried or scared or anything. I was with people and I connected with people and now I have a whole different um, experience and level of confidence about being 11,000 miles away from home. So we have to force ourselves into uncomfortable situations and be okay with being uncomfortable, especially those of us who have some power and privilege by you know, de dependent on our education, our socioeconomic group, our um, just our, our group presence, whatever that is. Like, I very strongly believe that it's our job. And I try to teach this to my young, my young, but they're not young, my boys who are older now who are in their 20s. But I say, you know, you have power and you have privilege just because you're white males. So your job is to Look for things that are not normal for you necessarily, but lift people up, whether it's women, whether it's people of color, whether it's people in marginalized communities, because your voice, just by the sheer fact that you are a white male, is going to be heard more so than somebody else's voice in a lot of situations. Right. So that's, a, that's another parenting strategy that's important, and I think that we have to recognize it's not super obvious um but bullying happens across age spans and people always say you know like let your child deal with it on, on their own 
you know, or kids will be kids. Have you heard that one? Yes. Kids will be kids and especially teenagers. Like you got to just let them be and grow up. Well, that's like saying, um, let your toddler be. It's not this. I mean, it's almost identical because development repeats itself. So toddlerhood and early adolescence are almost identical. The only thing is they're bigger, right? not quite as cute. They have way more atrocious language <laughs> and you know, you can't just pick them up and hang on to them. So you have this like toddler on steroids and, but you wouldn't let your toddler manage an important thing by themselves. So we can't let a 12, 13, 14 year old really manage something that's significant all by themselves. That's how the bully was actually created. The bully became the bully because nobody modeled for them or taught them or gave them the tools to not be a bully. So their way of surviving is by asserting intimidation on somebody who's weaker and more vulnerable. They don't bully the tough kid. Right. The kid. They bully somebody that they perceive as vulnerable. Yes. So, so what we want to do, and I think your, your example of having compassion towards the bullying kid was great. Like, that's a great strategy. Had it not worked, like, I kept waiting. I kept thinking you were right. going to pack two lunches and go and say, here, you don't have to steal my Here's <laughs> lunch. But we don't know if that was the issue or not. Like, was it really about food or was it about, intent? you know, what was it about? We don't know. Right. Um, but I think it was about, in this particular case, like showing off in yeah. front of other yeah. kids. And it makes it so much harder. We see this on movies. You know, it's so much harder to bully somebody when you really know them on a much more intimate level as a person rather than someone, someone else. But I do think schools, personnel, adults in general across the board, we are not doing enough to intervene in situations where bullying occurs. And we're not intervening fast enough because, and I don't mean kick them out of school or bully them back in in an adult version way. I'm saying that we need to look for the root because all behavior has meaning. Behavior, challenging behavior, which is what bullying is, says, alert, something is wrong. And regardless of your six, 10, 12, 18, 22, if you're bullying somebody, something is wrong. And we need to bring in the ambulance and say, okay, Uh, Time to triage. What the hell is going on? We got to fix this. And I care enough about you to find out what's going on. Are you getting, are you, are you in a situation at home where you're being quote unquote bullied or abused? Is somebody outside in a bigger circle doing something that's inappropriate or bullying in some way to you? Because a lot of times what somebody does to somebody else is actually being done or has been done to them. We know this. So we need to respond in the way in with what we know. Yeah. Something 
is wrong. It is not just about, oh, they're mean. They're a mean kid. It's genetic. It's not genetic. An event, something is happening and we've got to get to the source and then heal forward, move forward from there and figure out what's going on. And it doesn't mean, and I'm not, when I say that, I don't mean kick them out of school or, you know, I don't mean those kinds of things. Like, you know, the kids got in a fight in kindergarten and I don't know, I think it was in Florida. They got arrested, hand yeah. mug shotted and taken to the police department. And I'm like, okay, what, what, where were the adults? Like people watched this happen and many of us would have been like, hold it. It's a baby. It's a little tiny kid. What's going on with you? And I want to take the whole group of people who witnessed that and say, okay, let's sit down and talk this through. Like what was going through your mind? Yes. From stepping up to help a six-year-old, a six-year-old. Now there is a thing called bystander violence and everybody, like if there's only one person witnessing violence, they're much more likely to help. Then if there's a hundred people, because a hundred people, everybody's like, oh, I don't have to do it. Somebody else will do it. Yes. Nobody does it, which is clearly what happened. But, um, but we need to now, as Maya Angelou says, you know, when you know better, you do better. So if you ever watch this video, now, you know, better, like you have to be the one it's all of our job to step in. So that, that then brings up the question though. So let's say you have. And this particular parent who had asked me, um, a child who plays sports and is involved, but is feeling very isolated by her teammates, not on the team that she was playing on, but at, on, on a school team. Um, and that there's almost like a group bullying going on and an isolation of this child. Now, this is big stuff because one, kids are killing themselves over this kind of stuff. Absolutely. And so this isn't something like, you know, oh, let kids be kids, let teenagers be teenagers and figure it out themselves. No, people are dying. People yeah, are dying. That's huge. Yeah. So what, what, what is... What should a parent do? What can a parent do? Do you get the school involved? Do you talk to the other parents? Do you bring all the kids together? Yeah, that is exactly. I'm so glad you said that because I absolutely, I mean, this is an epidemic crisis that we have, this like group bullying thing. It starts with one and it builds and you bring on the team. One, okay, teenagers just like toddlers are having their brains are building and developing, well, well, teenagers are reorganizing their brains as well. So they do all kinds of things that are wacky for people, <laughs> you know, and they suffer from anxiety and they're highly impulsive and they're highly, they're much more aggressive in adolescence than they are in adulthood. And this all has to do with myelinization of the brain as well as pruning. So we don't let people like that make all the decisions. So I would say to parents and schools, if my child were being bullied by a group of people or even one individual, I would immediately say, we need a meeting. We need a meeting. And if we need to bring in a professional to bring that whole team together and sit and say, okay, let's talk about what's going on because this is really hurting this person 
And, you know, do you even, do you recognize that, you know, it's so significant that kids are actually killing themselves over this. And I know like at the end, you would, this would be, you would be so sorry about this if that were the consequence of this behavior. So let, we've got, we're going to talk this through and we're going to talk this through until it's, you know, until we really come to connected, safer space. The other, um, the other thing about that is that adolescents in particular, they've done research on this. Like they don't recognize the emotional impact they have on people as much as adults and younger children do because of all this brain stuff going on. Their brain is reorganizing. So you can give a kid a really mad look and they'll be like, no, my mom's not mad. She's fine. And you're like, I am so pissed I can kill you. Or somebody's bawling their head off and you're like, do you think they're sad? And they're like, eh, they're fine. Right. <laughs> their dog just got hit by a car. They're they're more like, oh, were they crying? Because are they yeah. crying? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we got a wreck. They did this in an MRI. They like showed fifteen-year-olds faces of people who are highly distressed, and the kids are like, yeah, nah, they're fine. Didn't even recognize it. So again, when you know better, you do better. You got to say, look at my face. This is the face of somebody really sad, or this is my face when I'm really happy. Like look at my face because that sends a neuron connection that says, okay, I'm looking at her face. I'm recording what sad or mad or happy looks like. And it helps them. It's like giving them flashcards. Right. That's <laughs> beautiful. Mad, like say, this is my face when I'm mad. Just take a Polaroid. Here it is. Like, do you, does it match? Yeah, it matches. <laughs> face. So I think that those are things that we don't give parents enough information to use. Like that's super useful information and it's not that complicated, but we don't share it unless you come into somebody's office, pay a hundred or 200 bucks an hour and note, this is not therapy. Find your own therapist if you want to. However, I am highly trained in mental health. So this is strategy these are strategies that i've learned over time as a parent as an educator and as a person with a degree in mental in clinical psychology so um but we can take these strategies and we should make them accessible and free to everybody because it betters all of our lives and makes our world so much more resilient yeah at the end of the day so yeah, yeah. so i i say parents the kids are going to scream, don't get involved, it'll just make it worse. No, you're going to be involved until it's done. You don't get involved and then walk away. You get involved and you stay involved. And if that means you need to go to school, you know how people say like, if you don't behave at school, I'm going to come to school and sit next to you. <laughs> you say, um, I'm going to come to school and I'm going to sit next to the bully. Yeah. You think the bully wants you... The kid, your bullying's mother to come sit by you or father to come sit by you? No. You don't make it about your kid. You make it about the bully. And then you say, oh, let's have your, or, or bring their parents in, not into a fight, but well, into right. a dialogue, a yes. conversation like, you don't want this happening to your child. I don't want this happening to my child. We need to make this work out. This needs to be a win-win. 
Like life is about win-win. It's not lose-lose or win-lose. So. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think another point that, that I know I've heard before, and maybe you can talk about that a little bit is, you know, the whole, um, what are your thoughts about just ignoring the behavior and, you know, will it go away? If, if a child feels, I guess if they feel resilient enough um, and strong enough to be able to just be like, okay, yeah. whatever, it just doesn't bother me and move on. Yeah. Well, then it would probably not escalate to the fact of even ever being called bullying. Because the, the fact that it gets called bullying means that somebody's having a reaction to it. There is a vulnerable party. Because you, don't, you, don't, you can't really bully somebody who's bully-proof because they're like, eh, yeah, whatever. Whatever, that's the, you know, if you do something. Right. So, it's, so it comes down, you're bullying somebody who's vulnerable and doesn't have that capacity. So ignoring Ignoring behavior works sometimes. Right. I mean, anything, it works sometimes. If your toddler's in the living room throwing a tantrum and you walk away, yeah, eventually they're going to be like, whatever, this isn't working for me. But I'm a huge fan of time in, and people know, who know me will know that I say, like, if your baby's on the floor throwing a tantrum, just pick them up, hold them and say, I'm going to time in and I'm going to help you manage your feelings about this. So you can borrow mine because I'm calm and you need to be calm. So let, let me just share my calmness with you. Those words out loud and they can be, I mean, I've done this with my granddaughter when she was a toddler and she's five now screaming her head off and she, I would just say, are you having big feelings? And she would be, yes, and just scream out, like just lose her little mind. But then eventually she would settle, get tired of that. And then, you know, our bodies do regulate to each other. So when you hug somebody, when you hold somebody, our heartbeats will match up and sync up. It's why we hold babies, because then their, their hearts sync up to ours. The same thing is true with our children, our partners, our friends. When your friend is so sad and you say, oh my gosh, let me just hug you. It feels so good. That's because our because they're borrowing our regulating system. So I think we under connect with people by saying ignore it or time out, push people away, like just deal with it. Nobody wants to just deal with it. The worst episode on the Twilight Zone ever was when the guy comes out of the building and is the last person in the world. Oh. No one left in the world. Remember that one? Yes. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that guy. Right. Like, the worst thing you could possibly be. Yeah. So it's, so that's the thing. We need people. So all this stuff about pushing away and no touching and da, 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 da. No, we need to teach people to connect. In and compassion. Yeah. Ways. Yeah. So you brought up another good point that I, if we are backtracking just a little bit, but the definition of bully, because I hear kids talk, you know, they'll come off of a court after a sporting event or whatever and be like, that other player was bullying me. And so I think sometimes kids have a definition that some, if someone's just being mean, they're being bullied. But, but yeah. there really is a clear difference yeah. between someone just... Yeah having a bad day and being shitty to another person yeah. versus 
bullying. Bullied. Bullied. Yes. Yes. It is act being harmful to somebody. So, or coercing somebody into doing something they don't want to do. And particularly somebody who's vulnerable or who has less power than the person bullying. So they can be the same age in the same class, but if they have that power over somebody else's vulnerability, that's where the bullying comes in. So it's, it's the inflicting of harm, coercing somebody, which basically means forcing them to do something. Um, and then there's the imbalance of relationship because of the, you know, the vulnerability. So yeah. that's the, that's the, cause it, like I said, you can't really, sure. You can say something rude to somebody and mean, but if you're not, but if you have some resilience or you have a, a, I call it circle of support where you can go, Oh my gosh, this person was so mean. <laughs> But then you're over it. You're blowing off steam and it's over. You're not bullied. Bullied is sort of this thing that happens over and over and over again. And it starts to create, and it does in youth a lot. It will create anxiety, depression, eating changes, um, sleeping nightmares, sleep disorder stuff. I mean, it literally impacts somebody's physical well-being and emotional well-being. And like we said, it has not in and of itself will lead. It's not bullying causes suicide. We can't say that. Right. However, bullying leads to and sets off the things that lead people to completing suicide, which is depression, anxiety, isolation, you know, low self-esteem. All those things lead to completing suicide and bullying is an activity that pushes people that direction. So yes. we have to be really mindful of that. Then take bullying on a one-on-one, -on -one, throw it on the internet and social media and it's on steroids and steroids. Like it's on double whammy steroids because now you're not only bringing in your friends, you're bringing in all of your friends' friends. So we have friends on Facebook who we know. We have family on Facebook that we know, but then they all have friends and family. And if we have open profiles on our Facebook page or our Instagram accounts or whatever, you have just now exposed somebody to an entire universe of criticism. Nobody's ego is strong enough for that. Right. I, I, it just isn't. It's just not strong enough for that. I mean, I look at you or I who actually are grown ups and we are on social media, but man, if somebody, if our entire community came at us, I'm not, I'd probably have to like break my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'd be in a corner crying, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be a wreck. I'd be a wreck. Yeah. I mean, so how do we expect, remember we're, we're dealing with a big toddler. Yes. How do we expect them to manage all those emotions and feelings when their brain isn't myelinated to the level that it needs to be to be an adult yet? Right. And to not impulsively respond and make it worse, aggressively respond and make it worse, or self-harm or go into an, you know, a panic attack, anxiety, deep depression, 
isolation, all the bad things that we don't want to happen. So parents, there's a whole lot. This is, a, I was going to say, this is another podcast. Like, what do you need to do around social media with kids based on ages? And it's not easy because they are masterful and we are archaic. You know, <laughs> we don't know anywhere near. <laughs> Yeah, know, we had the Twitter either. conversation before we recorded the set. Yes. I don't get right. Twitter. I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. Like, where do you hashtag and where do you that? And I mean, like, yeah, who, I know. what, you don't, I remember when people said, you don't hashtag on Facebook. I'm like, what does a hashtag even do? Like, I still am I not, never have I that just know, <laughs> hashtag sometimes somewhere, like, that's good enough. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but there are things like TikTok and then Vine. And oh, right. All yeah. kinds of stuff. Snapchat. Oh, that was a fun one. That's just, you know, um, 30 seconds of content and then it goes away. But that could be a real aggressive thing. So even as I talk about it, my brain says, okay, we, we probably need to legislate and hold accountable some of these people or businesses who build some of these applications and platforms that then give access to children. Um, without any consequence. I right. mean, is they need to be held accountable and required to follow some restrictions for the health and well-being of our children. We don't let cigarette companies sell cigarettes to five and six and seven and even 18-year-olds. Um, well, maybe we do to 18-year-olds, but we 16-year-olds. So this is the same kind of thing. Like this is a this is a health issue for our children. And we need to hold organizations and businesses accountable if they're going to interfere with our children's health and well-being. And that's going to cause that's going to create public policy. Like that means creating public policy and bringing it to that level. But I also have a lot of faith in millennials and the the next generation after millennials um, in recognizing this need because they grew up with this. Yes. Talk to young people, and I'm in totally inspired by their connection to their children and their families, and they really prioritize their children in ways that uh, other generations that are older didn't, you know? So, I mean, they did it for different reasons, but this generation is like, I will quit my job. Yeah, I'll quit my job, but it's because I want to be with my baby. Okay, we're going to criticize that? Like, why would we criticize that? I'm okay with you picking your baby over your job until your baby is ready to, you know, go off to school or making creative arrangements where we are really prioritizing that beginning period of life when kids and babies need to be with their loving parent. Right. So I, I think we send weird messages to young people, young parents about um, this stuff because they want to be on top of it. I'm guessing that the mom who asked you about bullying in the first place was probably, um, you know, they're not asking because they're asking because they love their child, right? Asking because they love, um, they want a positive solution, not a, and not to see, oh my gosh, to see your child hurting is just, I, I know as a parent, it breaks every time my child was hurting, it broke my heart. Uh, yeah. I, wouldn't, 
I don't want to say especially, but in those teenage years, because then I really felt like, you know, when they were a toddler and they were hurting, I could, mommy could make it better. Yeah. Teenager, they don't necessarily want mom to make it better. And it's, but they're hurting and you're just, ah, what do you do? Right. Well, and I think that the thing about that is that they say, I don't want your help. I'm going to my room. Like they do all that stuff that push us away. But the truth is you got to keep going in. Right. The truth as, as hard as it is to get the full blown reject of your kid as a teenager, you got to keep going in and just know that's part of the phase. It's why people call. And I think it's the fabulous twos, but people call it the terrible twos. You know, because they're so, oh, they just don't know how to get their opinion out. Young teens and teenagers are the same way. They just don't know how to get it all out. Right. So we pull them in and say, man, I know you're struggling with this, but we got to walk through it. Like we got to just figure it out because I, I, you know, I'm here for you. And, you know, I just want, I just want to be with you through this time because it's, it's just important. You got to trust. Yes, I agree. And I, but another thing that I want to bring up and maybe you can address as well is I think as a society, we undersell how, how smart and just how much these kids care and how much they, they want to be a part of a community that does jive. They don't want to fight. They don't want to be bullied or bullied. And because I will have kids over, you know, a group of teenagers and make a fire pit and sit around and roast some marshmallows, but we'll sit in these, we hear these kids talking and they'll have these conversations and these kids, um, you know, I just love hearing them talk because they, they want to solve the world's problems and they want yeah. to be deep and they're, they're trying so hard to be an adult and they're trying to feel their way through it. Um, and so I think a lot of times we almost have to put the ball in their court to be like, what do you think we need to do to resolve this? Absolutely. I, I think you're spot on. And I think that kids were back to that sort of, um, you know, behavior has meaning and bullying comes out of not being understood and you know asserting this power in a really inappropriate way but if we could tweak that i personally fundamentally at the core of my soul believe that most humans are pulled towards good yeah want to be good they want to do good things they want to change the world they want to live out their passion they want to love other people so when we make that easy for them, they do it, but we have to set the path up. And unfortunately at the moment, there are so many paths that kids are on that don't make it easy. It's confusing. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know which one, I don't know which path to go down. Like we need to short limit their choices to like, here's the path. It goes to a good place. Oh, but you could go down this one. Guess what? It's a good place or this one, another good place. Any of them are fine. We don't all have to be the same. We just got to let people make choices that lead them on a good path. So I always say, find your passion. Like, go to your passion. Maybe it's not college. Maybe it's not vocational school. Maybe you're just a natural entrepreneur, or maybe you are a gardener and you want a farm. Like, whatever. Follow your passion. Make yes. thing. 
doesn't, we don't all have to do the same journey. And I mean, I look at my journey and think, oh my gosh, please don't copy mine. <laughs> like a, a spiral, you know, I'm not, I, I can't complain at all, but life's unpredictable. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. I tell my kids all the time. I, I, yes, follow, follow your heart, follow your passion, find that yeah. thing that, yeah, set your soul on fire and do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't, obviously, I know we, we could probably have 17 yeah. more podcasts just on <laughs> bullying alone. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime, it's like, this is, I'll just tell you, this is my passion. Like, this is why I launched Dr. B, Leave a Life Print, because this is my passion. And I just finally decided I'm stepping off the cliff and I'm <laughs> going to talk to people in a normal way about cool things. So I so appreciate your podcast because it's like, whoa, this is right up my alley. So thank you so much. Oh for my gosh. Yes. Well, thank really you for me. So how do, how do people get a hold of you and talk for just a minute about what it is, you know, you're doing and, and you said leave a life print, which I love, love, love. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put this up so it's easy to see. I'm going to put, this is my Dr. B. Oh, I love it. Print. But then I'm going to put this on. So it's on the recording. So you can, this is how you find me. This is my website, my Instagram. I don't know what else is on there. Awesome. <laughs> my, on my webpage, uh, people can get to my social media buttons so they can find my YouTube, which I hope I can put this on my YouTube channel as well. Sure. And um, they can find my Instagram and, and they can reach me. You know, they can sign up and, on my website and connect with me. Awesome. My, yeah. My website's a little bit like, it was, it was completely, well, I say completely, it never is completely set up, but um, I became aware that there is a thing called ADA compliant websites. So my website is in the process of being redesigned to be ADA accessible. So it will change here shortly. However, you can get onto my website. And so I do educational consulting, training, speaking. And then my YouTube channel is just free information. So if there's ever anything people want to know about, talk about, engage in, just go to my YouTube channel and send me a note or shoot me a message and I'll do a video on it. Oh, that's really, what a great idea. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you love it. No, I think that's me. It's fabulous. I just, I just had another friend reach out to me and she does uh, dance fitness and she does healthy eating videos and she does all that stuff. And she said, nice. Hey, if you ever want me on your podcast, and I said, you know what, let's do a Facebook live. I've never done oh. one before and Neither. let's do it and go to your dance studio and just, you know, do it all about how the in positive impact of dance and movement and healthy foods and all of that nice. on mental health. And so that's yeah, super cool. I think that's cool. Fun. Okay. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Well, again, Thank I you. just, um, I loved having you on here with me. I really appreciate you stepping up and talking about bullying sure. and, um, yeah, the, yeah. I love the suggestion of the parents stepping up and, you know, kind of taking their big toddler by the hand. <laughs> yeah. Insane. It's hard to do. And when we live in a busy, busy world, but you know what? I think we know where this path can lead. Yeah. So there is always time to get involved. Before. Well, and I think, you know, 
it's modeling for a child how to handle in the real world disagreements yep. or yes. you know confrontations yes. and and being there standing next to them to stand up and say you know i this is unacceptable behavior towards me yeah. and to put it up healthy boundaries i mean truly absolutely. that's what it comes down there to there it is yeah yeah absolutely this is not okay we don't have yeah. to be the best of friends but we can't do that right so right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, cool. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Hey, everyone. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye.